Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. In the Bible in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus told his disciples to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils. Today I interview Britt Hancock, who has spent 30 years of his life doing exactly that. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. But today, I have a new friend, a missionary, who, together with his wife and their four beautiful children, have evangelized the world for Jesus Christ. Of course, I'm talking about Britt Hancock, who is the author of this new book, Apprehended, and he's live here in the studio with us. Britt, welcome to the program. Thank you. So it's such an honor to meet you. I have not met you before today. You're a new friend to this program and to our audience, but you're an old friend of Jesus. Amen. And, and I love uh, some of the stories that you're about to tell us, and you were talking with me off camera, but tell us about Mountain Gateway. You're, you're, you're the leader of a religious order out of Texas. Yes, we, um, we began Mountain Gateway in, I think in 2009, um, preparing to um, begin to train missionaries um, and send them out, and um, and then in 2012, we launched our first training. So you host a school, but it's like more of a an internship. You take greenhorns like me, right? And you take them into the mission field, and you teach them how I mean, practical, hands-on, how to live your life as a missionary for Jesus in Guatemala, in Nicaragua, uh, in Paraguay. You spent some time. Uh, but then you, you also, from your headquarters and 42 staff members in Texas, you support them and you help them raise money, you help them learn the culture, learn the language if necessary. Uh, talk about your school. Yeah, so um, the hardest thing in the life of a missionary is other missionaries. And so um, statistically, the number one reason why missionaries, preventable reason why missionaries quit the field is they can't get along with their coworker. And so um, we, uh, we spent a lot of years church planting ourselves, mostly in, uh, in the country of Mexico, working pri primarily with Aztec descendants um, in central Mexico. And um, the Lord really began to speak lots of things into our heart having to do with the challenges that missionaries face, challenges with each other, challenges with the environment, um, and so over time, over about 25 years, um, we kind of assembled these different uh, principles that we put together um, in a school. And when I say school, what I really mean is a process of educating. Um, it's, it's not a school like you would think of um, all classroom transfer of information kind of format. So we have a year and a half stateside training, then there's language school, and then we do three years on the field um, somewhere church planting under direct supervision. And so our, we ask um, our students for a five-year commitment. Well, that's a big commitment, but it sounds to me kind of like the Jesus model. Jesus didn't just 
teach his disciples in a classroom. He lived with them for three years of his life, and he took them and showed them how to cast out devils and heal the sick and raise the dead. Uh, so you're modeling this ministry in front of your students. Yeah, you know, um, the Bible's thick for a reason, and that reason is people. <laughs> okay. You know, um, people have a hard time getting along with each other, and they have a hard time getting along with God. And so because of those dynamics, um, w when you leave your home culture and you, you, uh, you get on a team and you go somewhere, you kind of become social islands. And, and that isolation causes a real spike or a pronouncement of all the issues that you carry on your inside and your character issues, and it sort of magnifies everything. It's not that the devil is, is any more devilish outside the country than he is you know, in, in, in your home country, and God is not less of a God there than he is here. Um, it's just that there's a lot more poignancy in the human inter, interrelational dynamics that happen. And uh, people have a hard time with that. And so we really drill down in um, kind of that uh, area to start with to help people get along and to know how to work together on a team to make decisions. And I mean, what, is, what does leadership even mean in that context? And yeah. how to resolve conflict when it happens <clears throat> and um, those kinds of things. And so. Um, we start off our training with 90 days in the in the wilderness, um, 30 days of um, of kind of a base camp setting training, and then we do 60 days of backpacking. Then we do a four months of prayer and Bible uh, training where we uh, we move the the team around to different anchor churches um, for between a month to you know maybe four to six weeks. Um, this reminds me of survival training in the Air Force. They dropped us off in the woods and told us, <laughs> told us to eat bugs for a week. <laughs> well, we do. Um, the, the first part of our training is general outdoor living skills, and then yeah. we do do two weeks of traditional living skills, which I, I take away everybody's modern gear, and, and I teach them how to do friction fires and shelter building and it that It sounds kind of very thing. valuable, but I want to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask you how God called you to be a missionary. You had a mountaintop experience that people want to hear about right after this. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you ever wonder how to discern your own thoughts from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or angels or invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps and you've seen us talk about the gift of discerning of spirits in fact, I wrote my PhD dissertation, How to See the Holy Spirit, Angels and Demons. But now, we have an exciting 17-part video Bible study on a four-disc DVD set that you can get for your small group or your church. If you just visit PrayInJesusName.org and offer a suggested donation of $99. Or call us toll-free at 866-Obey-God. Get this 17-part video series, and for a limited time only, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Get this important Bible study series for you and your church. Or call us at 866-Obey-God right now. Take action today. 
Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial, and finally Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by missionary leader Britt Hancock, who has written this book, Apprehended. Britt, this is kind of the story of your life, and it includes a lot of miracle stories. I mean, healings and exorcisms, and you've seen people raised from the dead. I want to talk about that, but first tell people where they can find this book, where, what, you're, what they're going to find on your website, which is mountaingateway.org. Yeah, you can uh, read about our training and our missions preparation um, uh, work that we have, mountaingateway.org. Um, there'll be a link there where you can um, where you can find the book. Um, we also have a, a portal for the book, mountaingatewaypublishing.com. Well, you were called by Jesus to be a missionary, you say, back in 1988. So 30 years ago, you were on top of a mountain. Where was this? Actually, we knew that um, uh, my wife and I were newly married. We got married in 1988. In 1989, um, we kind of made the jump, as they call it, out into full-time ministry. And, and we, we took a trip out. Uh, I, we met at Auburn University in Alabama. And so, I couldn't tell by your accent that you're from Alabama, by the way. Yep, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, we decided to make a trip out west um, to kind of seek God, um, sort of to focus in exactly what he wanted us to do, you know. And so we came out here, and she was pregnant with our first, um, with our first child, and we made our way to, to Yellowstone National Park. And I was in the backcountry and climbed up on top of a mountain and had an encounter with Jesus where essentially he told me that what he wanted me to do with my life was recruit, train, place, and pastor missionaries. And I was like, now those are four key words. You say recruit, train, place, and pastor missionaries. That sounds like an entire program, <laughs> but God put it in, it gave you a download in that moment. Exactly. And so how do you do that if you've never been a missionary? And so he kind of drug me, kind of sort of kicking and screaming onto the mission field. I um I tried to figure out a I think multiple angles in which to get that done and and sort of. Uh, kind of wanted to avoid having to to move my family into a foreign country, but uh, before right before I got married, I met this uh, this missionary named David Hogan. Um, in 1987, I met him and I took a trip with him into Guatemala. And at the time, Guatemala was at war, and saw a little paraplegic kid get healed, and another little kid that had a tuberculin tumor on his neck got got healed, and and that. And I had been healed of blindness myself in, in 1984 as a freshman at Auburn. And so... Um, 
So you believe in miracles. I mean, when Jesus says in Matthew 10, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils, freely you receive, freely give, you're, you're a product of this. You've seen this. Yeah, um, I grew up in an Assembly of God church in, in Birmingham, Alabama, and they, they, I was taught to believe in that, but I didn't, I didn't see um, what I saw in the church and what I read in the Bible. It didn't, it didn't seem to me to be exactly the same thing. And so when I was in junior high school, I really started seeking God and, and pounding on heaven's door um, I, I wanted to live in uh, as close to what I read as possible. Yeah. So I met this missionary and I went on this trip with him and I was like, wow, you know that the, the Lord actually spoke to me and said, what, what you've been bugging me about for all these years, yeah. it's on this man here. And so I was like, okay, so I got to go see, you know, so I took a trip and then one thing led to another and I kept taking trips and we had a prayer ministry going on at Auburn. Uh, and so we started praying for that group of missionaries. I moved to Colorado Springs, um, Colorado, because of the prayer initiative stuff that was going on uh, in the city at the time. And in, in the late 80s, you and I might have both been at New Life Church, which mm -hmm. is pastored by Ted Haggard. But he had David Hogan come in as a regular missionary guest speaker at New Life Church all the time. And he would tell about these stories in Central America of people being raised from the dead. Yep. And, and you've seen this. Indeed. Um, on one of my trips as a visitor, um, we, we ran across a guy that we went uh, and we prayed for. Uh, I didn't know what was going on because I couldn't speak Spanish, but I knew that, that, that the little kid was dead. And um, and you, I could tell that he was not responsive anyway. And and uh, and so we all prayed, and then um, the next time that we came back around to that place, that little kid was running around, and that was um, that was that was a definitive thing for me. That got my attention a lot. It, it wasn't a case of mistaken identity. I mean, the people who knew the, the what did the the child's mother say? I have no idea because okay. I couldn't speak Spanish, but <laughs> I know the testimony. You know, and they were they were they were. Um, quite overwhelmed. And they and they be, they came to faith in Jesus Christ because they saw his power. They were believers already. Yeah. So they were in the the pioneer churches, one of the pioneer church churches there. And so um then I uh, I started pr really praying for that ministry we did and I kept taking trips and I ended up going on a lot of trips throughout South America, Central and South America, Mexico. Uh, and I ended up in Australia, New Zealand. Um, traveling with Brother David, and um, when when we were here, we were heavily involved at New Life Church. Uh, we actually moved here in 1992, and then we stayed here until January of '96, and then we we moved onto the mission field. By that time, I had three kids, um, and now Audra you have four, and you have a couple of grandchildren. Congratulations! Yes, thank you. Two grandchildren and one on the way. Oh, that's an awesome thing. Um, and your family's on staff. I mean, your children minister with you uh, out of Mountain Gateway in, in Dripping Springs, Texas? Yeah, they grew up. Um, we have a real value for family ministry, and so they were our real, uh, they were our prayer team, and we did what we did together as a family. And um, uh, my oldest son, Jacob, and his wife, Cassie, they are lead missionaries for our pioneer work in Nicaragua. 
and then um, uh, Aspen, my my youngest daughter, she's our operations director. So you have this whole operation where you recruit and send missionaries. How many have you recruited and sent? Um, um, there, there's um, not not counting my family. Well, there's 42 of us all together. That's missionaries and Good. and staff. And so, I don't know, there's 30-something when you count the kids, and they certainly count, so we count yeah. them. And some of those live in Texas, but they've been, they've, most of them live in other countries. What countries are you reaching out to? Yeah, we have, um, we have a couple of families um, and a single young lady in Nicaragua. Um, we have two families and two single young men in Guatemala studying Spanish. And we have two families um, in Mexico. And then and the rest of them are here in the States. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, Britt Hancock is gonna tell a few more of those miracle stories. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I wanna make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. Did you know religious freedom is under fire in our military today? Our troops do not have protection. For example, military chapels are now being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies on bases in all 50 states. Our troops are now also face punishment if they dare to object to sharing common sleeping quarters or common shower facilities, or if chaplains dare to quote the Bible during private counseling that declares that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody in our military should be forced to violate their Christian conscience, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Let's defend religious freedom for our troops. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. If you have this feeling in your heart, maybe God has called you to be a missionary, but you don't know where to start. Well, here is a man who knows how to coach you and bring you along, you and your family. He's written this book. This is the first thing I would do is buy his book. It's called Apprehended, and it's available everywhere, but also through his website, mountaingateway.org. Britt Hancock, tell us a couple of the stories that are in this book, or just a couple of miracle stories that you saw in the mission field. Um, you know, what we do is we put all our focus into 
um, winning souls and making disciples. So our our pursuit is after souls. It's not uh, per se focused on miracles, but we uh, we don't believe that there's a separation between the gospel advance and the power of God. And so, um, so many of the people that probably over 90% of the people in our churches have had some kind of healing or encounter with God, uh, either them directly or somebody in their family. And so um, uh, we were um, working with this uh, this young man who was coming along, becoming a pastor, and, and um, he was scheduled to go and do a service one day. And he walked over to this service and he was supposed to meet another pastor there. And... Um, and that other pastor couldn't show up for some reason or the other, and and he kind of walked into um, uh, kind of there was kind of a little bit chaotic in the chaos in the room, and and uh, this this um, this lady from uh, a neighboring village got there, and she attended that that church. This is not very big. I think there were probably a dozen people in in the building there, uh, in actually in a house. There's no church building. And um, she said, my son's died, my son's died. And so um, she wanted to know, you know, would um, would the leader come and pray? And he was like, sure, you know, so we canceled service and all the, all the believers are going to go over there. And so they're walking along. And I, I particularly love this story because um, it really kind of pushes us to think, um, to think about faith in a different way. Um, maybe from a different angle. And so they're all leaving and they're walking along and he's thinking. He said to God in Spanish, Señor, tengo duda, which means, God, I, I, I have doubt. You know, and, and so he knows he's going to go pray for this, this little dead boy and he's thinking, what can I do about that? And, and, and I, mean, I mean, you know, you just think, about, put yourself in his It's beyond his my shoes. capacity. I could not raise someone from the dead. Exactly. Except by the power of God. So he's walking along and he's talking to God and he's, uh, and he's nervous. God, I, you know, I, I doubt that I can do anything here. And, and no sooner did he articulate that prayer kind of in his heart that the Lord, the Lord spoke to him and he said, who are you going to be asking? And he was kind of like taken aback, like, what do you mean, who am I going to be? I'm going to be asking you. I'm going to be asking you for help. And, and, and he said, God spoke right back to him and said, that's right. You're going to be asking me for help. I don't have any doubt. And so he was God like. God doesn't doubt. I love that. He was like, yeah, of course. And he said that, got, that encouraged him. This and, is going to happen. Yeah. And so yeah. what does that do? That All of a sudden, that puts his focus on God, which is where it needs to be anyway. Right. So they're walking along and they, they get to the house and uh, this, is, this is not like an open heaven with you know, worship kind of playing and it's not a prepared atmosphere. <laughs> there's, uh, there's people that hate, gospel, hate the gospel and they hate Jesus and they've been persecuting this family. Uh, they're glaring at them. There's you know, spiritist healers and Catholic reciters and people in the family that they just don't like Jesus. Yeah. And they don't like the fact that this mom and, and the son is, had gotten saved. And, and they're sad about the death of this child. And they're sad. There's a dead body laying on the table. And he's cold, stiff, uh, kind of um, kind of waxy looking, you know. 
and very pale. You know, the people there are, are really dark-skinned. They're brown. And so they started praying, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed in the Holy Spirit, and they prayed in Spanish, and some of the other sisters prayed in Nahuatl, which is their, their native language, and they prayed until they kind of prayed out. And, and then they, they kind of sat down because they're there, and everybody's kind of staring daggers at them, and they just kind of sit down. You know, they had chairs around the table, and they're sort of, you know, well, that's what they do. They sit in the room with the dead body, and so they're just kind of praying, you know, sort of, I don't know if it was silently, but not not very loud. And all of a sudden, God cranked the heart of that kid off, and color came back in the in the body, and warmth came and sat up, you know. And then all the all the unbelievers were like, <laughs> "Wait a minute, we just saw a miracle." They jumped up; it scared them really bad, and they yeah. jumped up and ran out of the room. Wow! And uh, I'd be scared. And then now all the all the believers are all excited. Then they jump up and they're praying and 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 worshiping. And thank God. Now they pray for. I think they prayed probably the first time for a little over an hour. And now and then they prayed for another hour because they were all excited about what Jesus just did. You know. <laughs> what an amazing really cool. story! But this is not a this is not a unique situation in your ministry and David Hogan's ministry. He's seen over twenty, maybe over forty people over his testimony. I don't know how many you've seen. Yeah, we've had um, we've had it happen nine times in the work that we started, and there are similar s stories like that. Um, and so... Um, Jesus is real. There's somebody watching this, and we have just about a minute left, but there's somebody watching this, and I want you to speak to them. Look at this camera and maybe lead us in a prayer. Yeah, I want you to understand that hope in Jesus is never false. And um, no matter... Just don't give up. Don't stop um, clinging on to God and believe what He says. Go to Jesus and get people around you that will um, that will help you stand and that'll pray with you. Um, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we've seen God do uh, extraordinary and limitless things. And so we know that, you know, nothing's impossible for God. Yeah. Father in heaven, we honor you and we celebrate the miracle stories that you are doing through this ministry. And yes, Lord, Lord, we receive the ministry of Britt Hancock and we ask you to bless and anoint he and, and his wife Audrey in their effort to recruit, train, house, and pastor missionaries. In Jesus' name, amen. Man. Their website is mountain, wait, what is it? Mountaingateway.org. Mountaingateway.org. <laughs> our, our website is PrayInJesusName.org. We'll be back tomorrow, and we might even interview his wife, Audrey. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today.
Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. 